on the sixth day of Christmas. Namely, Namely 90s, 90s gave to me. me. Sixteen's a drinking. Five hee-hee-hees. Four free funzos, three Corvettes, two drinks of sherry, and Pete and Pete in a pear tree. Welcome to Namely 90s. The podcast that takes you back to the time before smartphones, Google, and Y2K. Join your hosts as they relive the pop culture that shaped a generation and the parts that many people wish they could forget. Listen in to the conversation about how the decade defined those who spent their childhood there and how it shaped them as adults. So, turn down the grunge and dial up the internet. Let's get started. It's time for Namely 90s. That's right, you're listening to Namely 90s. My name's Andrew, and over there's Brandon. That's me. You can find us online at Namely90s.com or on Instagram at uh, Namely90s with the 90s. We're also on uh, Blue Sky now, which is <laughs> at Namely90s.bsky.social. Wow. Um, and if you'd like to find us on YouTube, you can is do that- so at youtube.com slash at Namely90s. And finally, if you'd like to support the show, Head over to patreon.com slash namely nineties and get signed up for one of our support levels. Um, wait, are you, are you questioning my, uh, <laughs> my blue sky? Uh, URL? Oh, I, I just, I don't know how blue sky works. We're, we're no still one does. new to it. So I'm just making sure that it goes to the actual <laughs> thing. Um, oh, it just takes us to, to the app webpage when you don't have true. blue sky. Uh, but anyway, welcome to our fourth annual uh, 12 days of Christmas specials and uh, episode six. Wait. Happy, happy boxing day. Happy boxing day. We're halfway to the new year <laughs> and a special welcome to Morgan Rowe, our guest from the zeitgeist radio, uh, Missouri podcast, or just, is it just zeitgeist radio? It's a podcast. Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. Great to be here. I'm very excited. I'm also mystified by Blue Sky, and, and you guys must be very fancy to have an invite. Uh, you know, as I was among fancy company here. I mean, <laughs> as of recording this, we just I just got an invite like two weeks ago randomly because uh, I was lurking on one of many discords I'm a part of, and they were just like throwing them out in the discord. So <laughs> uh, fancy discord. It doesn't seem possible yeah. to figure out what exactly how exactly it works. It's very mysterious. I don't think there are hashtags, but yeah, people will will post something and have like 600 like retweets or or sorry, oops, reskies or, (laughs) or likes or something. It's just very confusing. Flappy birds. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. Oh gosh. I mean, there might be, there might be hashtags on blue sky. There's not hashtags on threads, but everyone that like there was a mass access to threads like a few weeks ago as of recording this and everyone's just like hashtag 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 uh but morgan will set you up with the blue sky code um oh then i'll be fancy too yeah um just remind me after (laughs) after the episode and i think we have we have one or two invites still up for grabs um but yeah uh welcome morgan uh thanks very excited to be here i i i I have (laughs) I have the pleasure of knowing Morgan in real life where uh, she's our um, accompaniment, accompaniment, nope, can't say the word. Is that piano a word? player. That's the, yes, <laughs> piano player. Um, or as I like to say, pianist. Yes, uh, I'm very sure. Very loudly. And, uh, and carefully. Yes. Um, for our musical improv team from, or 
musical improv group from the Central Coast Comedy Theater. Um, That's great. We don't usually know our guests, except the time my wife was on multiple times. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, But yeah, uh, you're a performer, a teacher, a speaker, an anthropologist. Uh, I may have stole that from Zeitgeist Academy. Why don't you introduce yourself and uh, let us know about Zeitgeist Radio and Zeitgeist Academy. Yeah, sure. Thanks. I'm basically I'm all things music. It's kind of this hobby that just keeps getting out of control. And then I keep saying yes to things like musical improv when I really should be, you know, drawing boundaries around my time. But Mm. uh, I love everything music. And I think it's super interesting the ways that people find to do musical things. So that's what Zeitgeist Radio is, is every week I interview someone from a different musical subculture. Uh, and just kind of go all in on what makes them tick and, and what they do and what that subculture is. And it's uh, endless amounts of fun for me. We've actually had uh, Jill on from Musical Improv talk about, about the group. Uh, that was very fun. And uh, yeah, it's a good time over there. Yeah, uh, I got to listen to that episode um, and the one with that Andy was on. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Musical improv. Lots of very interesting people uh, join musical improv. If you think about it, it's such a weird thing to do that if you do it, you're probably interesting. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah. And you, you, I mean, your guests don't just uh, limit themselves to being in our improv group. Um, uh, there's the lady that's um, the sea shanty one. Um, yes, that, that was, was very fun. Sea shanties in all kinds of interesting places. My favorite from that episode was where she described there's, I guess, this thing in San Francisco where they do surprise tours where mm-hmm. they just walk you around and then was surprises the, happen. And was then, this the dumpster part? Or was yes, that? they like, can you imagine going on a tour and then all of a sudden a band jumps out of a dumpster and starts playing sea shanties with like an accordion? Like, that would surprise me. <laughs> I, I would think I'd be getting robbed. Yeah, if I you would get be stabbed, very. That's surprised. the wrong tour. Um, just so you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or is yeah. it? Yeah, <laughs> she's a hoot. That was a very fun episode. Yeah. Um, yeah, and people are like super smart. The last episode at, at the time of recording, uh, the most recent one was about from an audio software engineer, which sounds boring until she starts describing all the stuff that she does and all this like new tech that is out there being worked on, and you're it's it's amazing. Uh, I, yeah, I wish so. I had an, an iota of that intelligence. Like I'm, I know. My, I know she designed her own major in school, and and like does all this stuff with machine learning as, as her master's degree. And now she works and head really it is crazy surround sound type technology that's coming out. It's very very cool. So it's always going to be something different and interesting on on Zeitgeist Radio. Zeitgeist is it means spirit of the times. Uh, basically like what's, you know, what's the feel of like what it's like to be alive at any particular point in time. So this is across history or within these little subcultures. So that's why, uh, that's why I chose a word that's really hard to pronounce for my podcast. Cause that makes a lot of Excellent. sense. Well, that's, that's a great, it's a <laughs> great a, name for a podcast. Oh, not sorry. as hard to say as musical improvisationalist, right? Uh, well, that's, <laughs> I don't even know that's a word, but I'm going to, I'm going to coin it. Yeah. Well, I couldn't even say accompanist, apparently. <laughs> Still couldn't Accompan- say it. Wow. Accompanimentist. Yes. No, that's not it. I think people add more syllables to that word. There's accompanist, accompanimentist. It's just accompanist. Accompanist, okay. Accompanist, yeah. It's simpler than you think. Yeah. That, in my head, I see accompanist. 
So <laughs> yeah. that's where I'm going wrong. Good Funness. enough. Yeah. Um, I, did I see on, uh, at some point you've played with, um, Andre Bocelli. Andre Bocelli. That, yeah. I was on stage with him. Uh, wow. Andre Bocelli. And if you don't know, is like one of the most famous opera tenors in the, like in the history of the world. Um, incredible we, man, blind man. If I know who it is, voice. he's famous. He's really I don't know anybody. famous. I know. I don't know anybody either, but yeah, he's, he came to, this was when I was living in Portland, Oregon and, um, he needed a, a backup band consisting of a full orchestra and choir. So That's, I got to be in his backup band for all of these like opera pieces that he was doing. And it was awesome. That's so cool. Well, yeah. that, uh, was Andrew, was he the one that we sat in front of at the Mariners game that one time? Because <laughs> uh, we we were we. I would be very surprised. We had an opera. Or there was there was an opera singer that sang the national anthem. That is true. And um, they ended up having to sit behind us because we, had, for a special reason, got to sit in the front row. Of yeah, the there was our fancy. Oh my god! <laughs> there was some sort of famous singer. But not like a pop singer, some sort of famous either opera or something like that. Who sang the national anthem? Yeah, the um, three tenors is that? that? Yeah, um, he's one of the three tenors. Yeah, there's like three three super duper famous tenors. But it would be he's blind, so I don't know. I guess maybe was. I don't know if he enjoys baseball. No, probably not. I don't know. These weren't tickets that you buy. These are tickets that someone gives you because you're a dignitary or something. You're so fancy. You guys are so fancy. We lucked into it. Well, maybe luck's not the right word, but we, uh, we, we, we happened upon them. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Maybe it was one of the three tenors. That's pretty cool. I mean, that's, that's pretty freaking cool. Wow. They sat us in front of the person that like they brought specifically to sing the national anthem at this game. That's yeah. Wow. Um, And I had a few notes for him personally. (laughs) Uh No, we tried our best not to not to interfere. With also, weren't we like fourteen or something? Yes, yeah. we were just a bunch of teenagers. You're like three what's? Yeah, uh, I mean, I heard the Christmas album at the time. Uh, but yeah, um, enough about our fun. Uh, so you, it it sounds like you've done a lot in the musical sphere over the years. Um, I, I have done a lot, and I continue to do a lot. Yeah, it's uh, like I said, it's just this obsession that keeps on giving. Um, And I I just think it's so again, I think it's so interesting. Most of my experiences uh, tend to be like in the classical side. That's what I have my degree in and my my study in. But the the Zeitgeist Academy, which is kind of the the parent of the Zeitgeist Radio, uh, like it's just I just I'm all about exploring interesting musical spaces. So we do just cool stuff with music. Anything I'm interested in, I go do. And most of the time, it ends up working out really well. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I just, it's very fun. Well, on, on top of the blog, uh, or sorry, on top of the radio, wow, on top of the podcast, <laughs> uh, you also have a blog and uh, a newsletter. And you, um, at Zyke, uh, on Zeitgeist Academy, you do, um, you teach people how to sing, right? Uh, yeah, so I, I teach people how to sing uh, Zeitgeist Academy. We're doing some cool new stuff this coming year. We're gonna, I'm going to run a blues class, how to play the blues, uh, a virtual class that's going to be in February. Uh, depending on, I know you do editing. What day is Boxing Day? Uh, twenty sixth of December. Twenty sixth of December. Okay. 
Um, so yeah, in December, we did this thing called Sing We Joyous, which is a virtual choir uh, where people would uh, learn. I, I did some voice lessons on how to sing some holiday songs and then people would record themselves, send it in, and I do my best with my audio editing to push it all together. Oh, that's really cool. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, make a little virtual choir. So again, it's 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 fun and random and, and whatever. Um, whenever I find somebody that I think is, you know, an, an excellent teacher and does a really cool thing, uh, there's always opportunity to come and teach that thing to others at the Zeitgeist Academy. That's so. awesome. And uh, where can they find Zeitgeist Academy and Zeitgeist yeah. Radio? Uh, Z-E-I-T-G-E-I-S-T. That's how you spell it. Zeitgeistacademy.com. You can find all the things there. Zeitgeist Radio. I, I mean, I'm on all platforms. Um, I haven't found one I'm not on, that it doesn't push to, uh, including YouTube. So, um, yeah, you can find that pretty much anywhere. Um, and it's great long-form interviews, interesting guests, cool musical mm-hmm. facts. And- You'll always learn something. Um, twice, twice a month or every um, other week. Yep. Okay. Um, we're on break right now, um, until the new year, but that's not very far away. So, oh, yeah. um, yeah, January, starting in January, we'll, uh, have a bunch of new, I have a whole bunch of awesome new guests and interviews lined up. So, um, yeah, every other Wednesday morning is when it comes out. Cool. Yeah. yeah make sure to check that out. Um, Zeitgeist radio podcast and, mm-hmm. um, com. And, uh, we, as much as we'd love to just talk about music and who we sat in front of at Mariners games, um, <laughs> we did bring you on to talk about, uh, a nineties episode, Christmas episode, uh, yeah. that would, that would be that 70s show. Um, a 90s episode of a 70s themed television show. Now, in retrospect, seems like a bad choice for us to talk about. But uh, well, hey, nevertheless, I mean, if we wanted to watch that 90s show, I'm sure no. it's on Netflix still. Uh, I know what's crazy, though, is if we were to if that show were to be today, it would be that 2000s show. Mm-hmm. That's disgusting. <laughs> it, how it, how did that work in the 90s where like... I think it was the thing where it's like, oh. what would make parents feel old and children feel nostalgic? Right. I think millennials would lose their minds. Like we, uh, we would yeah. not be okay if it was a, that 2000 show. And it's like 2005 is like the big throwback, like 20 years ago. I think like, the theory I came what? up with is that like <laughs> the decades, you know, I really seem to be very delineated as far as their culture. But then when you start getting up above the two thousands, they, It just stopped. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. It just got it like there was. I would say there's 2000s culture. Yeah. And then. Sure. We're still in it. (laughs) Yeah. It's still 2016, actually. Or is is, is that just our mindset? Like Gen Z and Gen Alpha. Maybe they're like, oh, yeah, that was our childhood so long ago. I don't know, though, because we sit here and we we see the 90s as a discernible decade. And they, Mm. you know, it's just like. And that we even saw the seventies as a discernible decade in the nineties. So yeah, 20 years after the fact, we should be able to see it. You know, but my question is, would, if we were us except back in the nineties, would we have Oof. seen that delineation though? This is becoming very existential, very, very True. philosophical. But like, <laughs> I, I mean, I, just the styles and everything, like even, even the styles, like there's a discernible eighties style, discernible seventies style. 
I'm pretty much wearing the same clothes now as in the 2000s. Not that I'm the pinnacle of fashion. The only difference was like the, the quality of the uh, video and the four by three aspect ratio. If not for that, I would just think <laughs> right. it was the same. Pretty right. much. True. Yeah. But like, I mean, there's distinct culture moments in like the 2000s versus the 2010s with like, dude, where's my car? And, like moments uh, though. Yeah, Not a cohesive... Like, Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera kissing at the VMAs. I don't know why that popped in my head. Um, uh, yeah, there have been like movements and stuff, but as far as like, like I don't know, and I just don't know a lot about like fashion or anything, but I can't think of a like if you asked me to describe the fashion between 2010 and 2020, like I, I, I don't what is know interesting what though is skinny it's, jeans. It's hard to put your finger on it, but it is yeah. worse back then. Like I can't say why, but it yeah. does seem a little bit, uh, yeah, odd. Emo, um, like pop punk emo music was a thing that was there and kind of went away. That's fair. Um, hot topic, (laughs) which we still go into sometimes, which is kind of fun. Yes, man, I haven't been in a hot topic in a long time. (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) That's why the kids aren't allowed in the back of the store. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Especially Spencer's. I don't know if I'm allowed in the back of the store. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Uh, so that Sunday show, uh, for those of you that don't know, is a period teen sitcom that aired on Fox from 1998 to 2006. Uh, it focuses, focuses on the lives of six teenage friends living in the fictional town of Point Place, Wisconsin from 1976 to 1979. Uh, features Topher Grace, uh, Topher Grace, Mila Kunis, Ashton Kutcher, Danny Masterson, Laura Prepon, Will Revolve, Rama, uh, as Deborah Joe Rupp, Kurtwood Smith, and, and you know, occasional appearances by Tommy Chong. Um, and they're all babies. You look, you watch these. It was kind of fun to rewatch this and be like, oh, yeah, isn't Mila Kunis like fourteen? She is fourteen. She is. Really, yeah. <laughs> she is. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the I think Kelsa or um, Ashton Kutcher was nineteen at the time or twenty one. And that he had to make out with a 14 year old. The immediate problem I had with this show, by the way, when I first turned on and I was just like, shut up, Meg. <laughs> Cause she's Meg on family. <laughs> that is true. Uh, oh, did we jump the gun? Was I supposed to open the, the, uh, we, we did. Oh, so, uh, Andrew wasn't able to make it, uh, completely to, uh, yesterday's episode, uh, on Christmas day, but we do have a tradition of Andrew opening, uh, a gift from me to him. Usually concerning the nineties, this time it concerns the podcast. Um, Merry Christmas, Andrew. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, this time it did not come in the usual Amazon gift pack. Yeah, I've decided I'd save four dollars. Yeah, and honestly, that's, uh, I can never get that open. But it, uh, it's a it's white a rectangular string. box, um, which I shall now open. Made in China. Yeah, good good podcasting for me to have him do is a visual from, gag. Is this from Timu? Probably. <laughs> uh, you might want to get a check for lead. Oh. It's a small clapper board. So for those of you that haven't been listening regularly, Andrew has to now travel sometimes and record on the road. So I was trying to get him the most inconvenient clapper board possible. It's a travel size clapper board. But it's only like maybe 25% smaller than your current one. Well, let's do the comparison for the podcast. Visual comparison. Oh, it is smaller. It's substantially smaller. See, I was I was trying to find one that was like super small. 
uh, oh, like that would have been funny. Small, yeah. <clears throat> like it's but, not like it's on a keychain. Yeah, <laughs> and they had those, but you had to order twenty of them at a time. So oh, well sold. No, yeah, um, yeah. No, thank you. This is good because I still need to synchronize things. Uh, <laughs> I'll put in my carry on. You never know. The first year I got him uh, a book of poetry by Jewel, uh, a night without a night without armor, and we spent six months reading those in our uh, so interstitials in the podcast. That is one sexed up Alaskan. I'll tell you what. Uh, seriously though, and then my wife accidentally donated the book. I'm so sad. I couldn't, and I went back to the Goodwill to find it. I couldn't find it. It was gone. Yeah, Either someone uh, gobbled it right up or they just like took one look at it and just flung it into the bushes. I, I hear nope. they they move their product around, so you probably would have had to go to every goodwill within a 30 mile ra- radius. Yeah, I'm not gonna do that. Yeah. Where you could always just buy another copy of A Night Without Armor. I feel like Joel. we got all the mileage out of that we could have, you know. True, true. And I even uh, wrote my own jewel style poem, but that's beside the point. It was at the year two, two year anniversary, anniversary special yeah uh but speaking of getting mileage out of stuff uh eric in this episode tries to get mileage out of 40 dollars of uh instead of uh buying an actual tree which brings us to season oh wait no did we gloss over uh holiday memories um, um a bit a bit it's yeah. okay I'll, uh, I'll i'll insert it <laughs> naturally in the yes. course of discussion okay uh then let's talk about that Sunday show oh wait did we even talk about memories of that Sunday show did anyone because morgan you have zero connection yes. with this show so here's well here's the thing so i i'm from montana and mm-hmm. i grew up without tv uh pretty rural so we watched movies but i never i didn't watch any so my i have caught up on a lot of 90s culture stuff but i experienced it all in like college and after graduation uh so i have watched that 70s show and many others 90s show but but the timing in my head is all really weird as far like i I didn't watch it in the 90s fair after i have to ask because i have a montana connection which general area of the state south of helena oh okay yeah in the mountains yeah Where's your connection? Uh, my mom is from uh, sort of north northeast Montana. Northeast Montana. Yeah, uh, Glasgowish. Bird. Yeah, not much sort up of, there. Yep, exactly. Yep. Cows. Highline, uh, basically, and and <laughs> plains. Um, and both Amtrak, the, if you're yeah. up north enough. Yeah, that is true. That is true. So uh, anyway, that's that's the yeah. Montana no, I'm connection. from the mountain part. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I watched the show in its original broadcast i mean not religiously but my parents watched it so i watched it and uh i don't know i don't have generally i have generally positive memories of this show i would say probably some of the jokes were over my head at that time but um it was familiar to watch again when they're smoking yeah i got that oh as a kid yeah i think so i mean Uh i didn't yeah sure uh yeah I, I watched it as well um, well it went through 2006 remember so by true. then we were juniors in high school so right totally eventually i caught was. on yeah totally um yeah i like you uh i mean i i recall watching it i guess not religiously but i, I did try to watch it when it was on um like and i definitely watched the final seasons unfortunately because those weren't great after topher grace left and then came back and then left something like that um 
but yeah, you know, the, the characters, it was, it was fun seeing the characters evolve over those seasons, but, uh, it was kind of nice to just go back and watch like a first season episode, um, like this episode. It was, was yeah, it was interesting. Uh, cause I think I caught it towards the later seasons. Most of the times that I like the episodes I watched were, were a little bit later. Um, and they came, they came far. I would <laughs> say. I mean, towards the end, it was like, cause Topher Grace left and I'm like, let's introduce, I, I want to say his name was like Ricky or something. And it's, um, played by Seth Meyers brother, Josh Myers, um, the current late night host and former SNL cast member, Seth Meyers. Um, and it's just like, they're like, yeah, let's make this a more charismatic Eric Foreman, but that doesn't work because <clears throat> Eric Foreman's supposed to be like kind of an idiot and, or kind of like, yeah. yeah. Uh, but you want to root for him. Not like a, I'm great at everything and kind of a prick guy. <laughs> just, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the, those, those, that final season, not, not, not. Great. I don't think I watched the final season. I don't think I watched final, the final, final season two seasons. Yeah. Um, and then Eric even comes back for like the final few episodes or something. Anyway, season one, <laughs> episode 12, <laughs> the best Christmas ever. Um, probably the best Christmas episode of that Sunday show ever. Um, starts out with, uh, and did anyone else find like the opening, like introduced seven different storylines and they followed yes. all of them? Yeah, this was, episode? this episode was all over the place. Yes. Yes. Uh, uh yep. No, no, go go ahead. I thought uh, the, the forty dollars that that that, that came carried, back. That was a gift yeah. that kept on giving. Uh, yeah, I think that was sort of the primary driver of the episode. Yeah. The Eric wants to put on his own Christmas party, but he wants money to do so so they can buy beer. Um, and then so uh, what? Red I love Foreman, where he says that haggling is the, is a skill you need as an adult. You mm-hmm. need to be an adult. You need to learn how to haggle. I cannot haggle. And then Eric's like, how about 50 bucks? And he's like, knock it off. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, the idea is to save as much money as possible on the tree so they can retain as much money as possible to buy beer for their party Uh, that red lets them have. Yeah. Um, There's a subplot where Hyde is trying to figure out the, the best um, gift to get Donna for $6 and 20 cents. And let's see, Jackie, so this is all this is all set up in like the opening scene, by the way. Jackie's like, oh, we give um, baskets to the less fortunate. But then eventually the unfortunate, the unfortunate, oh, the, unfortunate. <laughs> the unfortunate. You mean the less fortunate? Whatever. Bums. Yeah. And uh, oh boy. so bad. Yeah. And then she drops all pretenses by the end of the episode and just keeps saying bums over and over again. Right. Um, Lori's home from college. That's Eric's older sister. And um they're always fighting with each other. Uh, what does she do? She spy. She's just she's just chaos. She's uh, chaos. Yeah, she added uh, rum to the punch that uh, Kitty brings down to the party for the kids. Uh, Red has to work Christmas Eve uh, at Bob's place. He, I think, uh, he, like in the first episode or two, he loses the job at the auto factory or whatever. Auto mill? Nope, factory. Uh, <laughs> And uh, is working for Donna's dad, Bob, uh, their neighbor, um, the Pinciatis. And uh, let's see, Kelso is trying to not spend money on Jackie for Christmas. 
and then keeps uh, saying, let's not get gifts for everyone. And then is suddenly surprised when everyone has everyone gifts. Everyone else has gifts. That is really yeah. the worst. And you're like, no, 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 no gifts. We're not doing gifts. And then everyone shows up. You're like, shows oh, no. up with gifts. Yeah. Yeah. My family like has a constantly changing, like, let's not do gifts. Let's do stocking stuffers. And then like one person doesn't un- clearly get that. And then it's just like, it's, and then it changes the next year. And I'm like, I don't have gifts for you <laughs> anyway. Um, let's see. Uh, but yes, back to the primary story. Um, Eric gets 40 bucks to go get a tree, uh, has to haggle, but instead he just goes to the side of the highway and they cut down a tree so they can keep the 40 yeah. bucks for beer. This part was particularly funny for me because that's where, I mean, again, I grew up in rural Montana. That mm-hmm. is how we got a tree, not on the highway, but we'd like go out in the hills and find a tree and just like cut it down and bring it in. And you can do that now if you have a like, permit. But, there is uh, absolutely no way that beautiful tree came from the wild. <laughs> like, oh. It's supposed to be this like perfect tree and Kitty's all happy. Where like, in the wild they look like uh, no, the Charlie they Brown don't, tree? Or? Yeah. or like they've got one side that's like was like not in the sun and it's all mm. like, you know, goofy. You have to like choose the side that goes in the corner. Yeah. Also, also my question is, they already had a Christmas tree. Like, why did it go into the basement? That's yeah. true. <laughs> you yeah, know about that tree? Confusing. That was, I guess that was just a tinsel. T- I, I don't know. Some old. Could, could have been a fake one. Uh, were, were artificial trees a thing in the seventies? Probably. They were probably really flammable though. Yes. Well, I mean, the, the, <laughs> I guess they had those silver trees, but, um, huh. uh, yes. And, um, so, I think Hyde at this point is still asking everyone, what should I get? Uh, what, what should I get Donna? Uh, or but he, but not Donna. $6. Get, not Donna. Yeah. Not Donna. Uh, not Donna. But totally not for Donna. Totally not for Donna. What should I get Donna? Not Donna. <laughs> um, at, at, I think at some point, Yes, Jackie, and she's like, he, he's like, I'm trying to get a gift for a girl. And she's like, oh my God, oh you're my in God. love with Donna. <laughs> she knew instantly. <laughs> mm-hmm. She's uh, like, not for six dollars. You're not getting Donna. She takes a stand for her friend. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and then Fez also uh, overhears this, and he's like, "In my country, we would hang you by the tree or something like that." <laughs> but we're not in my country. Go for so, Donna. So good luck. Go for it. Who told him to buy the perfume? White shoulders. Oh, uh, that's Donna's mom. Donna's mom. That's, uh, is that a dandruff joke Midge. or a Liz Taylor joke? I I'm, I can't quite. Oh, I didn't even think about that. I mean, they played it up for the just the shoulder gag because Midge is a bit of an airhead. Um, oh, okay. But White Shoulders perfume is a popular 70s. Is it real? Fragrance. Yeah. Uh, oh, wow. Launched by the design house of Evian in 1949. Like the water? Now you know the what water? to get Andrew next <laughs> no. year for Christmas. Sorry, oh. Evian. Okay. Yes, I'll give that for next yeah. year. I am in, in need of a new fragrance. Uh, uh, definitely. Let's see. It says uh, this could be your year. It's not for sale in Catalina Island. Darn what? it! Well, there go my afternoon plans. Um. So I oh sorry here a woman's fragrance that possesses a blend of classic florals, including gardenia, lilac, amber, oak moss, and jasmine. It is recommended for evening wear. I see. Uh, yes. Which is funny because Donna's like 
always just in jeans. Like, <laughs> I guess she gets dressed up sometimes. She's supposed to be the like super down to earth one. It was funny to me that that was like the gift that her mom was like, yeah, she likes this perfume. Right. Know. Yeah. Cause she, she's like supposed to be the tomboyish one. Yeah. She's super tomboyish. The other thing that's confusing is this is like nineties, seventies money. So like this right. perfume was $12 right. and I'm like, that doesn't, so $6 is a lot of money. That's what it, yeah. but they're trying to imply that it's not very much yet. You can buy a fine fragrance for double that for 12. Yeah. That'd be like me saying, yeah, I have a, I have $50 to spend on a gift right now. Maybe. I don't know. Let's see. $12 in 1976 is worth $64. In and how about $12 in 1998, 1998, <laughs> uh, $22 and 65 cents. That's some, that's, that's like the kind of perfume you buy at the Rite Aid, you know? <laughs> I, I mean, but it's the top shelf, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, oh, uh, uh, Red's mom is also there. Kitty's mother-in-law uh, critiquing her the entire time. The entire um, time. The entire time. Uh, and the, Can I my, just express something completely unrelated to the plot that absolutely. really bothered me? Yes. What they put, they, they, Put the tree the wrong way through the door. They were trying to put the tree in the house. You don't put oh. a tree in the house that way. You turn it around. Oh, you drag it Tr- by the you, trunk. You drag it by the trunk and then put it through the door. And as they were, it was showing them trying to get it in the door. They were trying to do it top first. <laughs> like, I don't know. That's the one thing I was just thinking of. Um, don't be actors. I looked this up. Can anyone ever tell what age Deborah Jo Rupp is? Uh, she always seems always like she's 40 60. in my mind. Okay. Oh, she always seems old to me. Yes, and I, I just like saw her in a show I'm watching in like 93. Now, even now, like in 93, she looked old. Yes. And then the 10 years later, she was the same. Like in Friends, she was supposed to play um, Phoebe's brother's like wife, wife or spouse or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she just seemed she played so old, um, but they were trying to imply she was young. I don't know what that is. No, Maybe that's just a face. No, she was his teacher. Oh, that's like she, right. Yeah. So they were trying to get someone that was younger that looked old. I just, the parents seem really old in this show. Yes. But even yes. watching that 90s show, they look the same age as they did. Now. I know. They're those people that like, they looked old to begin with, but they never seem to age. They just never change. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, so Kelso, after they get the tree inside, uh, or no, after they bring all the gifts downstairs, he's like, what? I thought we said we weren't getting uh, gifts for anyone. So he rushes out to find the only place that's open on Christmas Eve, which is where Red's working. And they end up playing Pong. I love that. <laughs> also, isn't it's the joke all- that he took the money that was left over and did that? Yes, yes, that was, again, the gift that kept on getting that $40. He spent a lot of it on beer, but evidently he had enough to get they would have they would have spent it all on beer that's my gripe with this like right they're so you know beer hungry apparently that uh you would think true and, uh, are they old enough then to buy it because it wasn't it, like not. 17 or 18 back then exactly well no but no aren't they like 14 15 yes they're uh freshmen or sophomores in high school at this point um and uh yeah, uh, they because the first episode they find a keg in the middle of the road, and that's like they're trying to buy a um a pump for the keg. And yeah, the drinking age was uh eighteen at the time, I believe. In Wisconsin. In Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Is there still an eighteen-year-old drinking no. age? 
used to be in uh, Idaho. We could drive yeah. across there to Idaho. Well, back yep. before I went there, because um, <laughs> I, I went to college in Eastern Washington and the other college is eight miles across the border in Idaho. And people mm. would drive back and forth on that road and unfortunately like die a lot. Uh, so they kind of had to had to deal with that and get rid of the, the whole difference uh, in the drinking age. Yeah, my dad would do the Idaho run when he was a teenager. Uh, and then, you know, a year later, you could just go to Canada instead. It's True. Closer. Um, oh, I bet in Montana, that was easy over in the eastern, northeastern, just pop over yeah. the border. Oh, hello. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, it, and they know it too. They've got liquor stores right there, like across the border, and it's like bam, liquor. Drive through liquor stores. I do remember <laughs> yeah. that. We we went through the border in Montana, going up to I think Calgary or Edmonton or something, yep. and there was like a hut and like yep. one person just standing there, like yep. oh hello. <laughs> <laughs> uh, would you like a margarita for the road, eh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will uh, say I thought this party with the beer was pretty ballsy, since they're like they're not like in some parents like someone's you know home where their parents are gone for the weekend like they're yeah. in his house with his dad upstairs throwing his own party like it's not you're not yeah. hiding i mean it's right there they're, your parents are right there but i think it, they were trying to imply that their parents don't care enough to come downstairs during Evidently. the party and um, even when they did they weren't that mad about the beer like when uh when the dad came down, he was just like, yeah, put that down. It was, yeah. he wasn't really mad about that. Well, he was I more think, mad about the tree. Yeah. Well, one's like a $500 I think he was fine. mad about the tree because it was such a hassle and it made his, his wife mad. Right. Um, my audio keeps switching up. Uh, hopefully this recording is fine. Um, let's see. Uh, Kelso. Oh, yeah. So J- Kelso got Jackie some hot rollers. I think the implication is Red got the Pong set for eric or himself uh because later on it's seen in the basement of of their house um yeah and he makes a comment like like he bought it he was the one who bought it anyway yeah um the state troopers show up at the party and midge answers the door so classic midge that was pretty funny um (laughs) being a blonde no offense to blondes out there (laughs) Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, they're there to take the tree away and Kitty's like ready to, which to, also, I don't think they take the tree. I think they just write you the come ticket. On. Yeah, yeah. They're not, what are they going to do? Repossess it, put it back. Like. <laughs> True. Um, although there's a service now where they'll like dig the tree up and let you borrow it for a few weeks and then they like replant the tree. Really? I have heard yeah. of this. Yes. Huh. Just to not cut down the. Yes, save to earth, I guess. I Now you know. Does, I don't know yeah. if you've ever tried to carry one of those. Very heavy. <clears throat> no, you need like a crane. I mean, do a you, convenient home crane. Do you bring it into your house or do you leave it in the yard? No, like, I think you bring it in. I think they put it in a bucket little, or something. Huh, yeah. Fascinating. Um oh, and so the Red comes down, busts the party, sees oh Wow, so much stuff went on. It's, it's, um, it's so much for a 22-minute episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jackie. Oh, well, first the punch, though. First yeah. the punch. So, yeah, she, after the, the punch is spiked, and then all the girls are like, I want punch, I don't want beer. And all the boys are Uh-oh. like, oh, I want beer. They think they're being cool, having the beer. And, and all like, the girls no, get punch. drunk. They get yeah. drunk. Uh, and, and are all, like, all over foreign fans. guy tries to uh, creep on them a bit. Well, just a bit. Yeah. Just a bit. 
in his defense, he doesn't realize they're drunk. <laughs> That's true. Uh, and a friendly reminder, this guy is on NCIS now. <laughs> in case you're wondering. <laughs> Wilder Valderrama. Wil- yes. Wilmer Valderrama. That's correct. He also... Uh, <laughs> He also hosted a show on MTV called Yo Mama, uh, <laughs> which was just a people battling with Yo Mama jokes. That's so, actually pretty funny. Yeah. Um, so there's that subplot. Jackie loved the rollers because she was drunk. Um, I, I was unclear about that. Did she love them or did she hate them? She loved them. She seemed to love then them. Then she was still breaking up with him. Oh, uh, did she break like up she, with him at that well, point? It was very confusing. Uh, she did not seem particularly happy with him. <clears throat> but she loved the rollers. I couldn't tell if it was because she didn't like the gift or if she just was over him. Good question. I, I think they're together still. They're Maybe still the together. age difference finally got to her. Um, just well, yeah. She's supposed to be a sophomore, well, isn't she? Yeah, I mean... I, I mean, uh, in general, like she's supposed to be a, either a year older or a year younger than the rest of them. Um, but yes, she's 14 and the actress Bila Kunis is 14 in that episode. Um, whereas everyone else are te- like late teens, to early twenties playing teenagers. I always thought Donna looked like she was 23. Yeah. The whole time. The whole time. <laughs> uh, um, Let's see. Uh, oh, um, nope, lost it. Uh, the the punch is lousy with hooch, as Red oh, says. Oh yeah, that was a good one. Um, <laughs> oh, uh, Hyde gives Donna his gift, which is a thoughtful framed photo of them with, from the fifth grade. Um, uh, Eric and Donna aren't aren't together at this point, uh, even though they seem to be kissing a little bit. And uh, Eric, not to be outdone, got uh, her white shoulders perfume. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, Donna seems to be moved by the thoughtful, thoughtful gift. Um, Hyde's kind of a uh, not sleazy character uh, throughout the series. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I guess not the character. The, uh, yeah, yes. Dan, the Danny Masterson was convicted. He was, me- uh, it was method acting. That's what it was. For some Scientology um, related, um, right? Yeah, and <laughs> that's true. I it's not even a joke. Gosh, uh, yeah, no, I'm creep. just trying. I was just trying to say it without having to put in e tag on this episode. But oh, <laughs> I don't think uh, you have to for that. Okay, or a trigger warning in the comment or in the description. Um, and then yeah, warning talking about Danny Masterson. Uh, yeah. And I hope I'm not saying his brother's name by accident. <laughs> uh, who's the oldest brother, Malcolm in the Middle? Oh, that's right. I didn't yeah. know they were related. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Anyway, uh, Eric got her white shoulders, the perfume, uh, and then they get bust or they get busted by Red, and then Donna gives them each a present and then leaves and uh, kisses. Uh, and kisses. Yes. Although so many kisses. Very intentionally for both. Like she knows exactly what she's doing. Oh yeah. Like she's. Um, were these <laughs> ID mean, bracelets? She got an American ID bracelet. Is it like a seventies thing? Can someone tell me what that is? I'm just going to Google. So culturally clueless. Seventies ID. Because it bracelet. sounds weird. Well, I mean, it's 
It's like one of those medical bracelets, isn't it? Like, That's what I was picturing. What like, does he have, this- like diabetes or something or seizures? <laughs> well, allergic I mean, to nuts. How can you just go out and buy that for somebody, though? Mo- most likely to die randomly and ha- have to be identified <laughs> by bracelet on your body. So like dog tags just in oh. bracelet form? As a Vietnam War POW bracelet in the 1970s. That's, oh boy, that's not. Was it, was it, Why would you get that? I'm trying I mean, to figure out. Is that a gift? I think the implication is that he got the better gift, though. Yes. Hyde got two shots. Okay. The popularity of ID bracelets spread to the civilian world in the 1970s as Americans began wearing them engraved with the name of soldiers reported either missing uh, in action or being prisoner of war during the Korean or Vietnam Wars. There you go. Fascinating. So it has the soldier's name on it. Yeah. uh, That appears to be the case. Thank you, Andrew, from Name We 70s, uh, our 70s adjacent podcast. Um, on the name we network, uh, and yeah, so it ends. Does it end with that? It, uh, Eric's just like, good. You got socks. Good, good. Um, that was very awkward. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, it's it ends with that, but then there's that like credit oh, the, scene with mm, the dads. The tag with Bob and Red, and Bob tries to hug him. Yeah, and, and he's uh, like, "There's mistletoe." <laughs> That it's the good, 70s men can hug is what it's uh, the 70s Bob men says. Can hug. And then Red being Red says, no, they can't. <laughs> right. And then they hug. Yeah. Yep. Well, then, yeah, this but, episode went by fast, by the way. There was so much going on that like I, I didn't seem like it could have all resolved that quickly. I, I yeah. hardly had time to type out any of the stuff at the beginning for my notes. So it was it's like, fast paced. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Final thoughts for the episode or um, Morgan, you want to go first? <laughs> I don't know. And I, I remember liking the show uh, when I was watching it, probably, I don't know, early 2000s when I was finally catching up on culture things. <laughs> but uh, it was a little rough coming back and watching this just like. Like that in the very first, like what, 30 seconds, they're just like staring at Donna's butt while she's like decorating it's just it's just very yeah very yeah. male gazing very very uh it, it reminded me that we have in fact made some kind of progress <laughs> small but we have small small progress yeah yeah i did like the thing about the tree i thought that was clever and the 40 dollars uh not only saving the money for the tree like that was clever but then buying beer with it and also kelso just like taking what's left to, to get a gift. Uh, oh, oh, I did love the, that. I uh, love that. Because Bob, when he was pitching the Christmas Eve opening to Red, was like, and someone will come in needing a gift and they'll yes. w- want to buy a refrigerator. Yes. And then Kelso like, asked. What is it, an idiot? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then Kelso asked how much the refrigerator is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I also mm-hmm. loved them playing Pong together. That was just, mm-hmm. that was a delightful little moment. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, I watched I watched two episodes of holiday television today um, mm-hmm. and uh, either there's something wrong with my joke detector or they just both were not funny. Like I didn't this one. I almost laughed at once yeah. or twice, but I did not laugh once during this episode. And I think that's a problem when it's supposed to be like a comedy sitcom, you know, it's or a sitcom is what that, that means. You know what I mean? But yeah. Um, yeah. it just was very. I don't know. I laughed uh, at this one. 
I I did. I'm just I know I'm the king of hot takes and trashing everything, but this show is like <laughs> basically unwatchable going back. But I will give it that it's still season one. So Yeah. Yeah, like I said, it was a little rough, and I do think they, they improved as they continued. Great. Um uh- I mean, I, I laughed at the part where um, Kitty's mother-in-law was like, I don't remember my red drinking before she met you. And, <laughs> and she, uh, Kitty was like, oh, I don't think I drank before I met you either. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, Andrew's not amused. Not impressed. No. <laughs> okay. And I laugh at a lot of stuff. <laughs> you, do. you do. There were moments I found amusing. I don't know mm-hmm. if I laughed, but okay. I found some amusing moments. I thought it was also funny when they were decorating the tree and there's always that one ugly ornament that like has to go on the tree, but like no one likes to put it on the tree. It's just tradition mm-hmm. and been in the family forever. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was a fun, like we all have that ornament. I mean, I think, um, I think too, like good acting makes up for bad jokes. Like I still laugh at friends. Friends isn't comedically that much better of a series, but I watched it multiple times and still laugh out loud. And I think it's, some a testament to the acting to some degree too. Like mediocre actors delivering mediocre jokes is not going to make me laugh. Yeah. You're saying tougher grace. Uh, yeah. All he does is cameos. <laughs> okay. You're saying uh, Laura Prepon is, well, I guess she plays a street. Well, but they're also mm-hmm. young at this point. Too. True. True. They haven't you're perfected saying their craft Joe yet. Is... <laughs> I never right. found her funny. But All right, and that's it for this ouch. holiday edition of Namely <laughs> 90s. Thank you to Morgan of Zeitgeist Radio and Zeitgeist Yay. Academy for coming on. Uh, Morgan, can you let our listeners know where to find you? Sure, head over to zeitgeistacademy.com. I'm also on Facebook and Instagram at Zeitgeist Academy, and I'm on all podcast platforms at Zeitgeist Radio. Thanks so much for having me on. This was really fun. Thank you. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for coming. And as always, you can find us on Instagram and YouTube at namely nineties with nine zero S and tell us how your holidays are going. If you like to support the show, please check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash namely nineties also with nine zero S. And finally, you can contact us through our website. No, you can't. Ho, ho, ho. Please subscribe to us on (laughs) Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, audible, uh, $40 teaser tune in. I good pods. Wherever you get podcasts from i'm brandon that's andrew thank you one final time to morgan rowe of zeitgeist radio and zeitgeist academy and we'll catch you tomorrow for day seven of our 12 days christmas specials 2023